Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Crossroads this morning, welcome everybody online. Um, thank you for being here. If it's your first time here, we want to welcome you. There's a little, they mentioned the card in the seat back in front. Fill that out. You can drop it in the giving box back there. We'd love to connect you to uh, everything else going on in the life of the body. And for all of us, this year, 2023, is, is uh, come, come around the fire. Take a step out of the kitchen, out of the living room, get a little closer, get a little smaller group, get a little more intimate uh, exchange, and uh, let us help you get connected in that way, whether it's a discipleship group, a small group, home church, um, whatever it is, is that is how we grow. That's where the real meat is we're going to get into even uh, this uh, morning uh, to see how, boy, that's where that transformation, that's where the, uh, the real confession being known and, and, uh, and knowing others comes. So uh, just encouragement on that. Uh, other quick announcement, while I think about it, is right after this, I can't remember if they said it or not, but right after this, 1045, right, is Chris and Alyssa and the team downstairs, we are kicking off our parenting class. I can't say it uh, 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 you know, uh, strong enough, let's say, is that this is desperately needed today uh, for parents to lock arms uh, with one another, to support one another in this. They have childcare. It's a phenomenal program. It'll begin at 1045 downstairs. We'll break from this time, get some coffee and everything, and then parents, um, you know, head on downstairs. This is a wonderful thing to invite uh, someone to that you've been engaging about parenting um, as well. See either uh, Alyssa or Chris about that, but it's uh, uh, it's going to be a powerful engagement. Starts today, um, and uh, please uh, talk to them if you have any questions about that. So, what we're going to do this morning, as I mentioned, we're closing this series out, and uh, in February, we're kicking off a new series, um, Not Just Human. And I'm um, excited about this. We're going to take a look at the New Testament, well, the entire Bible, but the New Testament. What does it have to say about this inner life? What does the Holy Spirit actually do when we're saved? And what is this expectation um, of what it means to walk with God? What is the, the actual practical aspects of the gospel inside our soul? Um, that'll kick off in a couple weeks, but this morning we're going to kick off, our, we're going to conclude this series in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 3rd John this morning. And what I want to do is I'm going to cover a little territory because we had, uh, last week we had some good, we kind of changed things up where we had kind of uh, a preach, but also some exchange. And we're going to do that again this morning to kind of give you a little taste of what we're going to do the rest of this semester in the sense of we'll have... uh, church. We'll have the message um, during this hour. We'll end at 10.30 and then we'll get some coffee. We'll be, as the uh, parenting group goes downstairs, we'll gather back in here at 10.45 with our coffee and empanada or whatever and we'll engage in more lengthy time uh, in the message just uh, uh, talking to one another. Remember, the, the scripture says when the body gets together, we're to build up one another's faith. It's not just the teachers and the worship leaders and others. We are to build up up one another, um, and that's partly what has to happen here. So, just want to uh, encourage everybody. Next week, um, we're going to model it here during this time right now um, of what's going to happen. Just encourage you. Next week, though, planned there'll be childcare to come back in here at ten forty-five. It'll give us a longer period of time um, to just be with one or hear from one another, and and this will also be a bridge, hopefully, to those of you who haven't stepped into a smaller group. Um, to get a taste of that. Wow, I want more of that um, as well. All right, Third John. Here's the third of his epistles. It's a short um, little book in the New Testament, but has a powerful punch. And um, this morning, I want us to dive in. I have three questions for us to talk about this morning. And, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, that's an old message. Okay. Uh, those are the wrong slides. Um, Derek, if you hear this, we need to load up today's slides. Um, so let's just go backwards. Um, we need the, the slides that have our date on it. So, all right, no biggie. What I want to talk about this morning is this idea of what is the blessed life. All right, what is the blessed life? And I just want to, because, I mean, let me just say, I have to tell you, you go to the bookstore, 
even the Christian bookstore, and you see title after title, your best life ever, the best blessed life, and all this, this stuff, um, it's a very important question. Um, but folks, how I answer that question, how we answer that question, what is the blessed life? Uh, I, I have one thing to just to, to, uh, push us towards. Most of us, is the battle going on for in all of our lives is that we are, are trying to find blessing in our life. Every one of us, no matter how old you are, we are trying to find blessing in our life. Whatever that looks like. In most of us, the battles, we're trying to find it in the things of the world. We're trying to find that blessing in what we see in the world and everything that hits us, right? And, and there it is. Um, and it hits us um, as far as back that, you know, and challenges us and, 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 um, and tempts us, right, to find blessing in this world. The Bible comes along, God comes along, and um, we'll see from the beginning of the Bible. Folks, it's an amazing study. Look how important the word blessed is from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. God's heart for us from the beginning is to bless us. And to really know that deep inside your soul that God desires more than anything to bless you um, is a critical step in moving into the genuine blessed life. In the gospel, the sending of His Son, all these things, we see the course of history, God wooing us to Himself, because more than anything, right, and we see all these amazing promises in the New Testament, He wants to pour out good things to us. We're His children. He wants to bless us. And when we understand our position before Him, that the gospel brings about, we're His children. And we have an inheritance that He has laid up for us. It should radically, part of growing right in the gospel is to take hold of, of that radical shift of now, I understand that real blessing, lasting, eternal blessing, it comes from God. And that there's war going on inside my soul because I'm still wanting the things, find that blessing, find that affirmation, find that love, all those things in the things of the world versus God. And um, we see Jesus coming. Who's thirsty? Over and over again. Who wants life? He's asking because he's trying to call out right deep inside our soul. What do I really want? And he's fine just leaving us about trying to find blessing in this world. He's fine. Just He'll just leave us at it. And sometimes, you know what? We'll reap some amazing blessings, some amazing things in this life. But we know ultimately they just don't satisfy. And so it begins this journey of the blessed life of, man, how do I understand that? Where's the battle? Where am I struggling on this? And remember, Jesus says to come to me. Salvation is built on this thing. Jesus says there's a requirement, right? The faith requirement is come, right? You must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. And, the, and this journey with him is learning that battle. How and We're going to get into it this morning. How difficult it is to deny myself. Because myself rages, my flesh rages, and the world fans it into flame for the things of the world and for the desires of my flesh Right? that's at odds with the things of the Spirit. And the only way that we get victory, the only way we come into freedom is what the Scripture, we sang about it, Scripture says the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. And that's the, the offering of Jesus is do you want freedom or do you just want some blessing? And how do we come to God? Is it just with our little checklist, right? If we have to really check our heart, is it, man, what do I want? And this is why Jesus repeatedly asked that question, what do you want? What do you really want? And to follow Him, God has eternal goodness for us. And we can expect amazing blessing. But we have to understand what that looks like because, man, we are, each of us, right, in our minds, in our, our countenances, we are so tainted by our own flesh and this world of the things that we desire that do not satisfy and keep us from the genuine blessed life of walking with God. So three questions, we're going to hone in on one verse um, this morning, but though I'm going to, because some people have some questions, I'll deal with a, a few other things in this book. But here's the three questions, we're going to work through them. First one is this, what do you believe about material prosperity? Woo. Now each one of these questions, let me just tell you, we could have a whole series on, alright? So we're just going to just kind of dive in a little bit, because these are critical questions 
that you have to answer, I have to answer before God inside my soul if I'm going to walk in the blessing of God according to His Word, right? Second one, what do I believe about sickness and health? Uh, We're going to spend some time drilling in here this morning because, man, uh, the church, we need to recover what the Scripture says in so many ways. Finally, what do we believe about spiritual and emotional health? Um, Boy, these are critical things. Have I really adopted what the world says about that? Or am I letting the Scripture guide me into the blessing and into freedom of what Jesus um, offers? Okay? So let's... um, 3 John begins with this. This letter says, To the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. This is John, the Apostle John. And this was a dear friend of his who most likely oversaw one of the many churches that John is is writing to in uh, modern-day Turkey, Asia, um, back in this time, um, Asia Minor. Beloved, I pray, I don't wish, this is critical, I pray, that all may go well with you. That word technically means that you may prosper. And that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and they testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Alright, the Word of God. I want to hone in on verse 2. That's the three questions, right? And this is this incredible um, prayer um, uh, that uh, John gives to his... He says, Beloved, I pray that all... I pray you may prosper. I'm praying that you may prosper. Right? In all. That everything in your life, brother, would be going well. Brother, I pray that you would be in good health as it is going well with your soul. In other words, everything's on the foundation of, is your soul right with God? And folks, I, and, and what John is saying is, is, his hope, his prayer is that on top of that, may you be blessed. May you be blessed in the Lord, in all of these areas. Now, I know if, uh, if somebody is astute out there or they're watching, they're going to know this verse has been radically misused in our culture today. This is one of the key verses. The health, wealth, prosperity gospel is taken, harnessed, and has sold a bag of lies and misdirected um, people around, large groups of people around the world, misdirected them towards setting their eyes on the Lamborghini rather than on um, God himself and the fullness of what blessing and prosperity Um, is all about. I'm not going to take time to criticize that. If we are anywhere in the Bible at all, you can see right through that superficial, worldly, harnessing and abusing false teaching of the gospel. But, I want to say a big but here, is unfortunately, a lot of the church has recoiled so far from from speaking against that, that we've gone way over to the other side, where it's just suffer, 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 right? And that there is no sense of God's goodness and expectation in these three areas, as John just prayed. And so where do we come? How do we... How do we lay hold of this, right, in the Scripture? How do I understand um, these things? And the first question is, what do we believe about prosperity? Material prosperity. Now, this is a huge question. And let me just say, and I'm just going to very rarely just kind of skim the surface uh, here this morning for us as we dive in and, and have a little discussion around this. Um... But this idea of a blessed life, where is the place in the New Testament that that word is just over and over again primarily used? It's a Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus' main sermon. And Jesus gave that sermon to give the kingdom perspective of who really is blessed. Now I'll refer you to Psalm 1. Right? And Psalm 1 is wonderful. Right? Blessed is the man, right? Who does not walk in the way of sinners, stand in the seat of, of the wicked, and uh, well, I forgot the other one, but, uh, uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water, and he will bear fruit in his season, and whatever he does, 
he will prosper. Do you believe that God desires you to prosper? When you go about your, your homemaking, when you go about your uh, work, your vocation, do you believe God is with you, that your work is important to Him, and do you believe that He desires you to prosper in that? Yes. And let me just say this, to do a slacker job, to be lazy about your work, right, is to not only be a terrible witness, but you're eroding any ability of God to bring a blessing into your arena. And for too long, believers have had a bad rap because how we approach work, right, is, is very nonchalant, right? And I don't know how, and this is just wisdom. You can go to the book of Proverbs or anything else. Today, entitlement has snuck into the church. This idea of I deserve a hand. I deserve the blessings of God. And uh, that is just not true. We don't deserve a thing from God. That's at the core of the gospel. It comes by grace. And that there is responsibility. You can read from beginning to end is that God expects us to be responsible. Not like the ant, right, in the book of Proverbs. Not the sluggard. The sluggard will move into poverty. The ant who is faithful with expectation and whatever we have, be faithful in a little and God will bring prosperity. Um, and there's just promise after promise here, right? And, but I, at the same time, we can't go to that side of just promise God the blessings, pour out the blessings without being faithful with what we have, right? And this is where we hold each other accountable, right, to what we're doing, right, um, in our lives and not enabling others to continue in bad habits that are not going to gain, right, God's, God's prosperity, so if we go to the Sermon on the Mount, we see this language, and I don't have time, obviously, to go over chapter 5, 6, and 7, but, but let me just do a quick purview. As blessed the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now when it comes to material prosperity, in other words, in the kingdom, of, right here, Jesus out of the chute says, and we see this over and over again, he says in chapter 6, you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. And real quick, I have to understand, right, in my own soul, am I serving my decisions in my vocation, my decisions in my time, my investments, everything else? Man, because that money, it wants to grab a hold of you. And just because I've been, have a windfall of blessing, it does not mean that's a blessing. Actually, for many people, a windfall of financial blessing reaps all kind of havoc. Just study the people who win the lottery. Has it gone well for one of them? It's destroyed their life. In their family life. And so we have to understand wealth always has, because it's the power of the world, and we have to steward it carefully. And, and to, it doesn't come as a blessing. We have to steward it as a blessing. Right? Does that make sense? In other words, I have to see this, not in negative things, like, Lord, this is amazing, and, and always with a thankful heart, and always with a sense of, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of heaven. In other words, is my mind ultimately set, right? And he goes in chapter 6, and he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where, where they can rot and rust. In other words, where's, and he goes on to say, your treasure is where your heart is. You cannot serve God and money. And, and, and folks, that, we, that takes deep diving into each other's lives to know, man, am I doing this? Right? Or is my mind set on the things above, ultimately? And do I rejoice in the blessings that I have in it? Do I rejoice in the prosperity that God has given me and, and the blessing? And do I lift it back up to Him, right, as Lord, thank you. Let me steward this well. May it not... Right? Move my heart, right, away from you. Um, now, is there physical blessing in the Sermon on the Mount? It's all over the place, folks. How about this, um, this amazing passage? If you then, this is chapter 7, verse 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts, material gifts, to your children, right? In other words, above this, he said, if your son asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. If he asks for an egg, you're not going to give him a... Yeah. But you being evil, God says this, listen to this promise, give good gifts to your children, material gifts, how much more will your Father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Wow! 
Now we have to balance that with all of Scripture. Now the Luke version of this right, does a whole spin on that, right? And says that, uh, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Why? To check myself. Huh. Do I want that thing? More than I want him and his presence. Always I have to check. Where's my attention? Where's my heart? And anything that I put out there, folks, um, is a danger. It's a danger. Because a thing can be an idol if it takes me away. If my focus, time, energy, focus gets put on that thing rather than on the kingdom of God, guess what? I end up serving it. And the Bible calls that an idol, right? And so all here is this, this, in this faith balance of always checking my heart, right? And this is why we have to gather Right with one another. So, I don't want to say too much more. He ends this this uh, um, this his sermon on the mount with this story of anyone who builds his life on the word of God will be like a person who's built on a rock. The storms will come, right, and they're going to shake that house. Financial problem, whatever it is, right. But when the foundation is faith and it's the promises and the word of God, he's going to stand. She's going to stand. And, and, and there's, it's a place of prosperity. And so I think that we have to ask ourselves, man, what's my foundation? What is my, my treasure really ultimately in this? All right, I want us to get to the next two, but I just want to open this up real quick for any, any questions. And I just scratch in the surface because mainly I want to just give you the question to bat around right with others. Because I have to know... The gospel. I have to put the gospel over this idea, right? The Lord has saved me, right? He's redeemed me. He's put His Spirit, His presence upon me and has invited me into, right, an eternal life where He promises, He's preparing a place for me. He promises me all kinds of reward depending upon how I'm going to be steward this life now according to that free grace, that grace that He's poured out on me here. Um, and so, I, the gospel should radically transform, right, material, prosper, how I view things. And one, it begins with giving. Am I honoring the Lord with first fruits? We see this principle all through the scripture. It begins there. Do I honor Him? Right? All right. Questions on material prosperity, and we're going to move on to sickness and health. Any comments or, or anything? We've got one right here. Question? Or come? Right, right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just speak. You can speak to it. Yeah. Question or comment? Um, just a quick comment. I think material prosperity, you know, can be it can be very different depending on where you're from. I mean, we live here in Aspen, right? Mm-hmm. Material prosperity for somebody in India where Rick serves can be mm-hmm. very different. But all is that, what I'm trying to say is that I think true prosperity comes from our abundance of our relationship with our Lord. It just brings me back to Psalm 91 that says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm -hmm. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. And that to me is just, that is true prosperity. You know, that He alone is your God. He he just yeah. everything that I just read. Yeah, it's great. Psalm 91. It's wonderful. The truth of God. Yeah. Anything else? All right. Everybody's waiting for the next two. All right. Let's dive in because we're, we're, we're going to... Uh, but I, I just say this is, this, is, this is tough territory, is it not? For all of us. And by the way, we're all prosperous, by the way. Material. So, oh, we got one back here, by the way. <laughs> we'll take one. Um, back in the back corner. Um, but it's how has the gospel changed my view of material stuff? 
I guess my question is, um, so we're going into a recession and there's um, food shortages. And what's the difference between like being prepared for a food shortage and like storing up things here? Wow. Thank you. Thank you because I forgot to say something. That is a brilliant question. Um, gang, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, is I think one of the least used promises that we find. We're going to come back to this because it speaks about do not be anxious, do not worry. But then it goes on to say, don't worry about it. you're going to wear it, you're going to eat. And he says this amazing, it's a promise, folks. What does he say? Seek first, in verse 33, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then what is the promise? All these things. I know what you need, God says. All of these things I'll take care of. Do we trust Him with our material provision? And that's a great question. How much do we have to prepare and be wise? And that's an individual question, right? That's, That's before us and before God, right? How specifically we will prepare, how um, we will handle something like that. That is ultimately, in my heart, has to be right with God, right, on that. Um, But remember the book of Acts, the prophet Agabus came, and boy, wouldn't it be nice, and that's a whole other subject, but we need this gift to rise. Wouldn't it be pretty awesome if we had Agabus show up, right? Agabus came to the church, and his prophecy was, hey, start preparing, getting ready to enter into seven years of famine. And because of that prophecy, right, is that you had people ahead of time able to help others, right, prepare and, and, and bring other giving from other churches to help those in need. Um, so that's an individual thing. But I can't go there. I can't trust God if I first I haven't put the gospel over how I see my stuff and how I see, see material blessing. Um, it's a stewardship. It's a stewardship. And... Um, and if I see, and that's a, it's not ownership, it's stewardship. And that's what the gospel should do. Move me from my owning, this is mine, tight-fisted, to this is stewardship. This is yours, God. Let me be faithful with it. And God says this. He gives some pretty strong business things, right? The talents, right? Just don't go hide in the ground. Jesus says, well, you should have at least put it in the bank and gained some interest. You should, right, be productive with whatever God's given us. Our talents, the resources, Whatever they are, God's heart is to prosper you. You're all of you, right? According to the prayer we see in Second John. All right, let's go a little deeper here. And he says, I pray okay, so that not only that you would prosper, but you'd be in good health. I pray that you'd be in good health. What do you believe about sickness and health? And has the gospel and the word of God transformed how you see sickness, how you handle that, your perspective on that, and how you see health and the expectation? Um, and so, the, again, there's so much uh, uh, that the scripture has to say on this. I want to go to one place this morning because it's probably the greatest overlooked place in the church today. James chapter 5. It is the only place in the New Testament that tells us exactly what to do when we're sick. And I just say how sad it is that many churches, and I'd be willing to bet many of you growing up in church, never uh, were encouraged this direction, or never was, this was not a part of the life of the church. And so hear me just read this for you, because this is so important. It says, if anyone of you is suffering, this word is in general pain, sorrow. Just Derek asked for a, a prayer, for us to pray what was on our heart this morning. It says, let him pray. We're to pray. The first thing is the responsibility is not on somebody else, it's on me to go, to, to go before God. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And when we're gathered together, we should be doing both. Mourn with those who mourn, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Now James is writing to the church. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. 
And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Wow. There was no kind of ifs there. Talk about some promises, right? Now here, gang, here's where we have a problem. Number one is it says, if anybody's sick, let him call the elders. Now this isn't any sickness. This clearly, James is speaking about something that he says, call the elders. In other words, that person can't get out of bed. This is most likely someone who's had other people praying and, and has come to a, a desperate place. Also, we, we know down further, it says, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. In other words, this should be going on regularly and intimate. This is why we have this year come around the fire. Right? In other words, when you get really sick, when you have a really hard time, who is in your circle? Who is battling in prayer for you? This is, what the ch- this is how the church should be structured. Unfortunately, in America today, we're so highly individualistic. Right? We're so uh, uh, very independent. We're, we're, a lot of us have walls around. Um, but what James makes, as well as we see Jesus many other times, there's an intimate connection, listen carefully to me, between my sin and my sickness. There's an intimate connection. Why did Jesus say that God is Lord and the power? Hey, your sins are forgiven. And everyone's like, who can do that? He says, so you know the Son of Man can forgive sins. Get up, rise, and walk. Take your pallet with you. There's this intimate connection. Why did He tell the pool of Bethesda, the, right, the one man in the hospital that, right, that He went to, that He talked to, and He'd been there for 30-something years. He healed him. He got up right, and was healed. Later on, Jesus found him. What did Jesus say to him? Go and sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Now folks, I'm just going to say, where's the gospel? Where's your understanding? Is the Bible informing our understanding of sickness, health, and what, how I, what's my first response when I get sick, physically sick? What do I do? And what we see in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 12 is the Lord loves us so He disciplines us. And He will allow sickness to wake us up and show us how weak we are and to wake us up in a sense of dependence right on Him. Do you know 1 Corinthians 11? And folks, let me just say this table is sacred. The communion table is for those who know Jesus and have committed their life to Him. 1 Corinthians 11, right? Paul says, Some among you are sick. Some of you have died because you have not taken the gospel seriousness in your heart. But what, what, see how far, I'm just throwing stuff out. Just show us how far we are, I'm going to say, as a church in America, when it comes to truly being the body. The gospel, folks, is powerful. And it says, right, there should be this coming together and a regular confession of sin. Not all sin, but especially sin that is in between us. If I harbor something against one of you and I harbor that and I come to that table, 1 Corinthians 7, that's not going to do well in my soul or in my life. If I harbor, and we'll come back to anxiety next, anxiety and worry, it's going to have a physical impact in my life. Right? And sometimes God is a loving God and He will discipline us right, to get our attention. And so I, I, what I'm throwing out for us to think about, and, and let me just get back to this, is I would say this to any church, is there is no other context in the New Testament for a church that is not elder-led. I'm sorry, it's, church is not a business. You can't find it anywhere in there. It's not just for CEOs. It's for elders who follow a clear con, a qualification and responsibility before God to lead the flock. There is no other context for what church should be, as well as this idea of the command to confess our sins to one another, be in tight with groups right within the body that are sharing our soul. They're calling us out, right? And we're encouraging building them up. Why? So we could be free inside my soul as well as my physical body. Now, folks, we all have to admit, look, look we hit with, uh, I mean, uh, we're, I'm dealing with all, all kinds of things I'm still praying for, right, when it comes to, Lord, bring healing here. 
But I want to throw up to the top of the pile is the first thing the Scripture tells us we should do. The first thing. If I'm a follower of Jesus, if I get sick, feel like I'm getting sick, the first thing I should do is go to the great physician. And my first question I should take before the Lord is, Lord, is this sickness, is this issue a result of my sin? Lord, convict me. Is there somebody I'm holding bitter? Bitterness will rot your bones, folks, and rob your soul. Unforgiveness will rob your soul if the gospel doesn't cover it. And I have to go, Lord, please show me. I have, that's the first step I have to say is, is and, and because the promise is if we get that, if we confess our sins, we get that right, right, is that He will pull back, right, the discipline arm of that. Now, All sickness is not a result of that. But that's where I start as a child of God. Okay, Lord, I'm right with you. And now I need to to move forward to the next phase. Okay, now let me call in the prayer warriors. Let me go into my group. Make sure that I'm right and confessed up. I could say a lot more. Thoughts, questions on this one. Sickness and health. Got one back here. From a doctor. (laughs) No, back here. Sure. Right here. Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob. There it is. Okay, we're... Hi. Steve, yeah. in light of these comments, how do we look at infantile or toddler illness and sickness? How do we make sense of that? Oh, boy. See, we've got all kinds of... So... Let me go to uh, John 9, and, and folks, let me say, this is where we have to wrestle this out with the gospel. Right? They came to this, the, the, remember the, the, the young man that was born blind, and the disciples asked, Jesus, did he sin, or did his parents sin? In other words, what we see in the Old Testament, the sins of the Father can be, the consequences of our sin can be passed on down. And we just see that as a fact. Right? And so the first, and Jesus, and Jesus in this situation said, "No, it wasn't that, right? This is for the glory of God, and He healed him, right? And so, how do we do with an infant? We do with an infant with how the gospel does. That infant is born into this world with a soul that is separated from God and needs desperately, right, the uh, the grace of God in their life, and and then and it's innocent, right, in the sense it, it itself hasn't right done anything." And so, uh, there's so much I can say here, but except to say, part of the gospel when we're saved is getting free from my past. The promise of the gospel is it sets me free from the past. And if I have things that are coming down in my family line, is that those can be broken off. That's the power of the gospel. Lord, I pray against that. If it's a disease, I pray against that. And we can circle up a house, expect God's divine protection over our family, and break off those things in faith, right? Coming down to our children and pray for health, right, over our children. I know that probably opened a big can of worms, but folks, what lay hold of the promises the gospel has for the generations. And that's getting free from the past, not wallowing in it, is taking the gospel powerfully and covering those consequences, right, so that they will not, the chain will be broken, so that the path forward into our children is one of blessing, right? And this is by faith. One back here in the back. Hi. A couple things to say on that. Um, I don't necessarily think that God... Um, causes sickness from sin. It's not to say he doesn't allow it, but I think God definitely allows, like he is the ultimate, he allows what whatever there is to happen. And so um, just how we respond to him through that, sometimes he teaches us more. And so he'll allow sickness knowing the outcome, but maybe through that you need to pray and that relationship is what he's looking for. And so instead of looking at it as you've sinned and God's causing sickness, he was trying to get you to come back as opposed yeah. to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, God, he loves us. He loves us. He wants us healthy. He wants you healthy. You're entire. He saved you and he will make you completely healthy one day. All of us, right? 
And this is, this is where we have to have, that, have the gospel at the center, right, of, of all of this, right, in, in, our, in our journey. And to realize, folks, that, like I said, there's things I'm still praying for. I'm battling, right, in prayer on, right? Uh, and there's going to be things, sickness and things that we just, there's mystery in this. But what we can't do is set it aside. Is the bad, This is fighting the good fight of faith, standing on the promises of God, locking arms with each other. Right, and pressing in according to the Word of God, not according to right, what's said out there in the world, according to the Word of God by faith and expecting right, God to move right, in the midst um, of that. All right, last one, just to get us going. But I just give you these three questions to continue discussion. Take it to the Word of God, though. Answer the question with the Word of God. What do we believe about spiritual and emotional health? First, I'd say this. is Scripture is very clear. Is there is no spiritual health if there's not emotional health. I think that needs to settle. There is no spiritual health if there's not emotional health. These go hand in hand. The fruit of the Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 7. I've not given you a spirit of fear. Timid. But of power. Love. A sound mind is what God says. It's available there. There isn't spiritual health unless there's emotional health. Those go hand in hand. This is what the gospel does come to make us whole and make us healthy, right? From the inside out, my soul, my mind, my body, my emotion, right? Every bit of of who I am, right? And therefore, we all, folks, every one of us wrestle with emotional issues. It's part of life, right? And the question of the gospel comes to, do you want freedom? You want freedom into the fruit of the Spirit. It's a radically different thing than um, than what the world offers as far as freedom. Um, And and I'd say this, is is anything that you venture into that tries to get you to do it by yourself, right? that possibly, most likely, is going to work against the spiritual life of learning to depend on the Holy Spirit. To follow Jesus, the gospel solution is radically different than the world's solution. The world, all it has for you is to bolster, strengthen yourself, give you some tools to strengthen yourself to come out. The problem is you strengthen yourself. Jesus says to follow you, you must deny yourself. Just the absolute opposite. Now this is deep water, folks, at the core of our being, right, of, of understanding what's going on in here. And do I, am I leaning in, right, to God and trusting Him? Right? With, uh, with the gospel. Do I want freedom? And that means I have to deny myself. It's, it's not about bolstering myself. And, because if I can do something by myself, what am I saying? I don't need God. I can have some tools. And even I can accomplish some... I can get really disciplined. I can do some great things in my life. But what I've done is i put the self on the throne of my life. And it's going to be that much harder to knock it down if I'm going to learn to follow Christ and come into His radical freedom. Again, back to the Sermon on the Mount, is Jesus said, if any of you are anxious, worried, fearful, um, all the top psychologists will tell you at the core of every emotional, most emotional problems today is anxiety and fear. That's the core. That's the core. And those things, they would tell us too, it present there's a disconnection. If I'm anxious, there's a dis- If I'm worried, there's a relational disconnection. And what we know, what Jesus says, that relational connect- disconnection is with God. I'm not trusting Him. I'm not resting. I haven't, I haven't experienced His affirmation, His love, His concern, where I'm trusting Him because I'm worried. And folks, we all deal with it, don't we? We're all fearful. We all deal with worry. We all, I mean, this is part of life. We're, we're fleshly. We, these are the things. But to encourage and the whole reason we gather together is to build up each other's faith that fear may die, anxiety may die, right? And that the Spirit of God can come and make us whole and healthy as John prayed from the, from the inside out, from my spirit with the Holy Spirit that informs my mind, my thinking, right things, right, to my, my emotions that are now, right, more the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, right, to my will, to learn how to obey and to make decisions according that line up with God and bl- move us into that, right, blessed life. Um, those are some big questions, huh? Any, maybe just one or two. Uh, we've got one more back here for, on this one, on emotional uh, health and uh, spiritual health. 
Kirsty, back in the back. Oh. back. Hi, me again. <laughs> um, I really just felt um, just a word of encouragement, and um, I don't know. I think I think God has made us so complex, and He's allowed for all of the things that we really struggle with. Um, and just to reaffirm that healing doesn't look like what we intend it to look like, and um, all the time. And a just a short testimony we. We were praying for someone who was um, paralyzed from the waist down. And a group of us were all praying that he could stand and walk. And um, by the end of it, although he like did gain feeling back from his waist down, at the end of it he said, I, I wasn't meant to stand. My healing was supposed to be in my heart. And so when we pray over people, we need to know our own expectations and we can't know what God's plan is for healing for us. Um, and sometimes it's a lot deeper. And so yeah. um, right. also just to to say that I don't think if you are struggling with um, emotional or spiritual or mental health that you aren't aligned with God or you don't, um, you know, that you, you don't have enough faith. It's maybe he's trying to show you something through that. Absolutely. Um, which is maybe you need to ask the, yeah. a, a question one further. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, look at all the prophets. They were some pretty, uh, Jeremiah's a pretty depressed guy, right? Uh, is that they, they dealt with some serious, right? In this life, we deal with emotional. The issue, though, is health, is my foundation. Just like the psalmist. Psalmist prays, Lord, my soul. But he comes back to my foundation, my strength, right? Is on the Word of God and the merging, right, of, uh, of those together. And I think just to, a couple of things she said I think they're real important with Scripture. Says people go to Paul's thorn, right? And, and uh, he was given this affliction. And I think, folks, what's so important, right, is to pray. Like this young man who says he wasn't meant to. In other words, if God tells you that he's given this, like Paul, clearly, he's given this sickness, that he might be stronger through that sickness, well, then we don't pray, right? Then that's from God. But in my experience, there's very few. That was Paul because of his great revelation. There's very few that have heard God say, this is for you and it's for your better. And until then, then we keep pressing in, right? And, and, and struggling, right? Uh, laying hold of, right, the promises of God. And this is where we lock arms with each other, right? And realize, man, there's mystery in this whole thing. But what we can't doubt is that God has health. His heart for you is that he, you would prosper. He wants to use you in great ways. His heart for you, right, is that you would be healthy. His expectation for you is that you would be emotionally and spiritually healthy, right, and mature. And and that's where we're to encourage more. each other. Do we keep going or do we just invite everybody back here? <laughs> yeah, yeah we can, we'll close this because they got the parenting thing down there. One okay. more. We'll take one more. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I don't normally speak in public, but I just wanted to praise God and uh, give a quick testimony. Um, I'm one of six. My youngest sister, uh, Danielle, she was born with IgG2, which is immune deficiency disease. And uh, she fit right here in my arm when she was born. She grew up with um, getting sick, every single thing you could think of. Um, she was... Um, you know, outcast by her friends and, and never given any hope. Um, our family uh, endured a lot, uh, and uh, I just want to let you know what the Lord has done for her today. Um, the hospital that saved her life was Children's Hospital in St. Louis. Um, not only did he save her life um, through, you know, at first through monthly blood transfusions, um, just constantly at the hospital, constantly at the emergency rooms. Not only did uh, Children's Hospital pay for her entire schooling through Wash U, uh, she became the head neonatal nurse of the hospital that saved her life. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, not only that, but during this time, she was never going to have kids. She would never grow out of this disease, nothing. Um, Two years ago, she had her first son, Bennett. Uh, eight months ago, she had her second son, Hudson. Um, she met and married uh, the lead trauma nurse of 
Wash U in downtown St. Louis, which is one of the most hardcore um, emergency hospitals that deal with stabbings, shootings, all kinds of uh, just craziness. Um, they were married here in Colorado, uh, eloped, uh, not eloped, everybody knew, but they uh, were obedient yeah. to the Lord, came, uh, got married here. Uh, a few years later, um, Children's Hospital not only moved my sister, bought her a brand new house, um, gave her a job anywhere in the country she wanted to go, awesome. um, but also uh, lifted up her husband, um, who again was the, the lead trauma nurse and now uh, is a fight for, fight, flight for life yeah. nurse. So. Awesome. God took my sister with an yeah. uncurable, never having children, yeah. to lead, yeah, being the lead neonatal yeah. nurse yeah. for Children's Hospital. That's awesome. God wants us <laughs> so to God, yeah. God can, will, does, yeah. Yeah. does Amen, provide miracles. It's a so great thank testimony. You. Amen. Well, gang, we, um, <clears throat> we all struggle with these things, you know. Every one of us, there's a mystery. These are tough, this is tough stuff. We're all dealing with internal stuff, exterior stuff. We need each other. We need faith. We need to uphold each other and hold on to the Word of God. What it says, journey with the Lord on this. And uh, folks, if there's anything the church needs, is a restoration of the ministry of the Spirit of God. Yes. When the church does not press in to the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given it, right, to do these things, then we're missing out, right, on, on much of the healing, much of the diagnosis that God would give for a lot of this stuff. And uh, that's our challenge, right? Is to encourage each other to press in, right, on this stuff. So let me just pray for us. Folks, I, I know there's, this opens a can of worms with all kinds of questions and issues. We want to journey. We want to pray. We want to expect God to bring revelation in this and journey together uh, on this stuff. So Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, let the gospel just loom large and glorious. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would touch every person's heart here, Lord. And Lord, that we'd bring these big questions, these big struggles to you in faith, Father. And Lord, we learn to love each other through these things. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. So Lord, please just come to this table and remember the greatest gift any of us have ever given. And that gift what Jesus is is for our entire being is to make us whole and healthy thank you for listening to this message to hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church visit our website at ccaspen.com